Welcome to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity with your host, Dr. Veerdra Jackson. On our program, we explore the flip side of every story. And when you open yourself up to both sides, you'll realize that there are life lessons, powerful tools, and so much more. Now, here is Dr. Veerdra Jackson. Hello and welcome to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. I am Dr. Veerdra Jackson, the CEO and creative of Living Strong Consulting. And I'm excited about our conversation this uh, episode because we have launched our July theme, which is movement that leads to healing. And we're going to unpack movement, all different types of movement, not just physical movement, but emotional, social, relational movement, movement that allows us to move forward in our lives. And we're kicking it off with a very good friend of mine. And a, and those of you who know that I uh, love running, and I know many of you don't understand why in the world I would love running, but I do. And I have a fellow runner with me, but she's not just a runner. <laughs> she's a marathoner, <laughs> a swimmer, and a cyclist. So she's going to kick our theme off this month around the mind and body connection to healing. So let me tell you a little bit about Demetria Davenport. She is a seasoned executive with over 25 years in the financial services industry, advocating, equipping, and empowering people to achieve financial success. She carefully, I'm sorry, she currently serves as vice president of community banking and compliance um, officer at the United Bank of Philadelphia. She has held key roles in training, consumer banking, retail administration, and human resources. In her current role, she provides leadership to the community banking team, which includes oversight of the bank's financial service centers and driving community development within the bank's footprint. Demetria's passion for community development extends beyond her work at United Bank. She is, as I shared, a um, advocate for physical wellness as well as financial wellness. She has taken a special interest in creating intimate learning spaces to equip women with the tools needed to better manage their money and obtain financial freedom. In addition, she is an avid runner. She is actively involved with Black Girls Run, where she served in a leadership role as BGR's Philadelphia ambassador for two years. And she continues to serve as a run coordinator, helping to transform the lives of women who are seeking to make wellness a way of life. So, I get a chance to share my friend with you as we talk about that mind and body connection to healing. Welcome to the show, Demetria Davenport. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. V or Veerdra, as we love, you know, <laughs> it's, it's so funny. But um, um, thank you so much for having me. Um, it is it's exciting to to talk about 
movement and talk about how it impacts your mind. I will say, yes, I will say I had to dig a little deep about mm -hmm. it. But um, like you said, we share that passion of running. And so I just feel like I'm just with with a friend on, on, on the asphalt having a great conversation. So I'm looking forward. Let's dig in. Yes. And you know what? You already got started because there are so many transferable themes concepts even even down to mindset yes that i have literally used while running getting ready to quit and my mind is uh, i had a trainer for a period in time who said the way you do anything is the way you do everything and i will say that as i'm getting ready i'm like i just can't go another mile right and those concepts will come to me and I'll push. And literally there have been times where I've said to myself, this is an example of the very next opportunity. If you stop now on this asphalt, right. it's representing how you're going to stop in the next hard thing you do in life. That's right. That's right. I love how right. we're, we're going to cover all of yes, that. Yes, yes, yes. She's so, so excited. We, so we have a great analogy. So yes. running, you know, running, like you said, it is just, um, it will just be our prelude into um, so many things of how it impacts what we do, um, how we move through life. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it absolutely has transformed my life. So I'm, I'm curious, have you always had a passion for running? I would I, and working some, out. Some days I don't think I have a passion. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, some days I don't think that I have a passion now because it's hard. You know, some days are harder than others. Um, when I look back as I as I dug into my story, mm -hmm. I thought about you know where did this start? How did it all start? Mm -hmm. And I grew up. I grew up in the city and I was a rec center girl, you know, so I spent a lot of time at Ridgeway Rec Center mm -hmm. and there I ran track. I swam. That's where I believe I learned how to swim, like thinking back between there and a why. Um, but also there is where I learned resilience. Mm. You know, you, mm -hmm. you we, you know, as children, we played out. I'm of that age where we played outside where we were with children every day. And we were, you know, we were in the thick of things. You got into arguments, you got into a fight, you dealt with it. And then you came back the next day and you did it all over again. Mm -hmm. uh, but a lot of a lot of that activity, a lot of my competitiveness and those things, it, I believe it started way back when um, at the rec center. Um, in the community that I grew up in. So my passion for it probably dwindled as I got into those teen years, you know, because now I was concerned about my hair, how I look, I'm like I can't run, I'm going to sweat out my, my press and curl, <laughs> you know, and all of those things and um, and picked it back up. I picked mm -hmm. it back up at, I picked running back up at age 41. Yes. At age 41. another, where we, our paths cross, yes. Yeah. 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 I um I looked at a picture of myself on Facebook. I had on one like a one of those twin sweaters mm -hmm. and the buttons were pulling. Mm. And I said, "Oh gosh, I need something more consistent in my life. Uh, I do walk. I I walk from I live about 2 miles from my job. Mm -hmm. Um so I I've, I've been a walker for a while. And so I I would walk those 2 miles mm -hmm. more so not really for exercise. It became a thing a mental release for me 
after work, you know, to take that two mile walk home, it would just clear my mind. Um, but then I realized that just was not enough to manage what what I was starting to see. I, I, I chuckled as I listened to some of the podcasts where menopause is not the boss of me. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, at that age, you start to you start to see those changes. You start, you know, those mm-hmm. those things don't move like they used yes. to. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I picked up running. Mm-hmm. And it it really is is an interesting story. I was at a wedding uh July first. I remember the date. I was at a wedding and met someone who said, um, I was introduced to Black Girls Run, I believe it was in a Zumba class, because I, I started in a Zumba class. And met someone who, you know, talked about Black Girls Run. And I was like, oh, no, that's too early. You, you know, you meet at 515 <laughs> in the morning. Oh, and you meet at Bull House. I had all these excuses as to why I mm, just can't do it. And when I met uh, Rosalind at this wedding, she said, oh, we meet at three blocks from your house. She said, I'll see you tomorrow because this was a Sunday and they met on Monday mornings. And before I knew it, it came out of my mouth. I said, okay. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I just made this commitment. It's okay. You know, I'm a woman of my word. You know, I'll be there. So I said, but I'm only going once. Like, you know, I'm going to keep my word. I'm going to go. And that's how I ended up. That one day has turned into nine years later. Today is what, July the 7th. So I've just celebrated nine years of running. That is amazing. There's so much wrapped up in what you just said from the fact that you sometimes don't feel like running. Mm-mm. Sometimes you don't feel like working out. And I think many people are waiting for that emotional, yeah, let me do it before yep. they get started. Yep. And when they can understand that even a triathlete <laughs> sometimes doesn't want to run, doesn't want to run, doesn't want to work out. No. And then that whole concept of when you saw yourself and that was not how you felt you wanted to stay or remain and recognize you had to do something different, right. that it's making those decisions and then being willing to release the excuses. Right, right. Is there anything that you would say to someone because I feel like that was a moment when you just said 41, my story, I didn't realize the age mm-hmm. you were when you started. It's again, something really similar. I played all types of sports as a child mm-hmm. and even as an adolescent and I lost it somewhere mm-hmm. And I remember it had to have been either 40, 41, walking a flight of stairs and being <laughs> exhausted and yeah. completely out of breath. Right. And I said, what happened that this, I can't do what I am called to do yes. if I can't walk a That's flight right. of steps? That's right. What would you say to someone who knows that there's more for them to do, but excuses are meeting them every morning. Right. And so, you know, I, I, I think I share with you, I have these B attitudes. And one of my B attitudes is to be proactive. 
like we see the signs, you see them, your doctor is telling you, you're looking at yourself and you don't really need anyone to tell you. So we have to really start to be proactive about our own health. And um, in ministry, I think about it, you know, from the spiritual side, oftentimes, you know, in, in the black church, we say, oh, you know, God understands. He knows. And and, you know, it's, you know, like it's OK. But I recognize that if I'm going to be my best, if mm-hmm. I'm going to be of my best service, I not only have to. I have to be concerned about how I look, how I feel, how I study, how I move. And so my physical being, my physical well-being is just as important to my ministry, to my family, to my life. If I'm going to really go, go forth Mm -hmm. and be all that I can be. I can't do that if I'm not well. I can't. You can want to do all all, you can want to do a whole lot of things. But if you aren't well physically, you just can't go. Mm -hmm. You can't go. Mm -hmm. Your body will not allow it. Mm -hmm. It'll be a point that your body will shut down. Yes. Your body will not. You can't just, you know, people say, oh, I'm just going to drag it along and I'm just going. Mm-hmm. And that's that's not good. Right. Right. Like why drag it along? I think we had, I think I'd shared this with you as you talk about ministry, though, when I walked that flight of steps and could not breathe, <laughs> one of the things that allowed me to get on the other side of depression was movement. And it was specifically dance. And I knew that I wanted to dance. And there were people who, now I'm not a formal dancer. I I did the little childhood classes, but I'm not a formal dancer. It literally was movement to heal my spirit from Mm -hmm. brokenness and hurt. And in that process of moving, people would share how um, my worship literally just impacted their soul. And so there became this element of, I want to do this to the utmost to represent and to fully full body, go into worship and dance and do it in excellence, not perfection, but do it in excellence. Exactly. And the way I did it, because the thing that I loved the most were flags. And if anyone has seen flaggers in in dance, Mm -hmm. you're holding a six, eight or 12 foot pole with a flag on it. And you're running the room (laughs) with with this flag. And if you can't walk a flight of steps, I couldn't do it. That's right. So I actually started running so that I could build the lung capacity Mm -hmm. to dance because that's what I wanted to do in excellence. Exactly. Exactly. And so and so you have to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, people think you just tie up your sneakers and you step out the door and you're you're a runner. And that's not the case. So it didn't that first day out there wasn't running. It was walking. Someone walked with me, 
you know, blocks. And then eventually I got to, well, I'm going to walk a block. I'll run a block. I'll walk a block. I'll run a block. But it was really about being proactive about my own health, about where I was and about what I saw, not just, you know, letting it go and acting like I didn't see the size change. Mm -hmm. I, and, you know, with the, you know, we do three different sizes in the closet, deciding what size we going to pick this week. Um, you know, you, you, you have to be proactive about mm -hmm. it. And so, Moving from that place of, I don't like this picture, my why. I call it, mm -hmm. you know, what's what's your why? What's your driver? And so at 41, that was my driver. Your why evolves. Mm -hmm. Now here at 50, I'm, I'm like, oh, I need movement for life. Yes. Movement has now become a lifestyle because I recognize what I do today impacts what what I look like and how I feel and what I can do down the line. Mm -hmm. And so now movement is just a lifestyle. So one more question before we dig into that why, because I think that that is so important for the person who actually has seen you for our social media family that's watching saying, I, I'm never going to be Demetrius size. Right. I'm never going to wear that size. I'm not going to, I'm not going to look like her. I want to make sure we, we underscore mm -hmm. that this is not about a, a particular size of dress or suit. And it's not about a particular number on a scale. That's right. Can you unpack that a little bit more for us? Absolutely. So the joy of the women who I, I do run with is I get to see women of all different sizes accomplishing the goals I've accomplished and more because it, it really is not about your size. But what I say is we really need to be in tune to things like our numbers. You know, how many of us know our numbers? How many of us are in not just a number on the scale? Because a lot of times we look at the number on the scale and the number in our dress size, but we just disregard <laughs> the blood work. You know, we disregard that whole chart of things that came back from our doctor that he's saying that we have to deal with and how movement Mm -hmm. helps to move those numbers. Yes. And so it's not it's not about I've seen some 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 women who are much heavier than I am mm -hmm. that are in better health than I am mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. accomplishing more than I'm accomplishing. So no, it's definitely not about my size, but you know what's good for you. Yes. And so people can, you know, they may look at me and say, "Oh, you don't need to do anything." I'm like, "But I don't feel good." Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you know where you need to be to feel your best. Mm -hmm. And so this is about you. This is about owning your health, owning your well-being. Um, so you can't look at the sister on the left. You can't look at the sister on the right. Now, those sisters may be there to be part of your village, but it's really about your commitment and your the work you're willing to do to be the best you. Yes, it is all about you focusing on who you want to be. Absolutely. And I love how you brought in that statement of your why. For those who have been following um, since the beginning of January 2022, we started what's called a girlfriend gathering. And we meet six times in uh the year of 2022, we're getting ready to have session four. Nice. But in, in session one, we specifically challenged the women 
to not just focus on do goals, right? but focus on who goals. Yeah. Who do you want to be? Yes. And I think that really ties perfectly with the awareness of my why. Yes. So who do I want to be and why do I want to be that? And I think that then leads into the strategy, the consistency, the determination. Absolutely, Absolutely. because you know, you you may start for oh, when you if you go to go to our group page, there's pictures and there's posts, and you like you know people want the likes, but when it's cold outside, Mm -hmm. when the sun is coming up later. When you have this goal left, this goal ahead of you, why are you getting up? What, what's going to motivate you to go forward? What's going to motivate you when you're not getting the likes, when, when it's not on a post? What's going to cause you to really, you know, shift your mindset? I think you mentioned that you really what's going what's really going what's that why that's going to really help shift your mindset to say, I'm going to do this regardless of how cold it is. I'm going to do this regardless of if someone else comes out or doesn't, or if I have to walk out my door and do it on my own, I am going to do this because I know where I'm trying to go. I know what goal I'm trying to accomplish. I know, you know, what I need to do for myself. Mm -hmm. And so it it definitely, you have to start with a mindset Mm -hmm. shift. Yes. And, and before you even get to all the other things, if you don't, if you don't change your mind, you will not change your habits. I think that when we think about something like physical movement and activity and the desire to pick up more of an active lifestyle, people are focused on external habits. Could you share with us what are some internal habits or mindset shifts that actually need to happen first before you begin to really latch on to the external habits that would might change the body? Wow, that's a great question. And so when I think about internal, you start to think about, like I said, initially, it, it, mine started with a picture, you know, just, mm-hmm. just looking at myself. But it was bigger than that. It it was about, girl, you 40 now. You know, mm-hmm. we you know, that was a milestone. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we just just leap. So you start to think about age. You start to think about goals. You start to think about um for those that might have children, you start to think about your family. You start to think about where am I and where am I trying to go? And and, and am I gonna get there? like in the shape that I'm in yes, and not just your right. physical shape that you're in, mm-hmm. but am I going to get there in this mental state that I'm in? Mm-hmm. Am I, you mm-hmm. know, and, and so I think it's definitely what's that internal driver, mm-hmm. like what, what's motivating you. And, and sometimes we just lack that motivation. Mm-hmm. And so you need the girlfriends, you need, you need those accountability, which I know, you know, we look at that. You, you may need someone because I have friends that say, well, I, I can't run. And I say, I don't, I don't want, you don't have to run. Running right. is my thing, mm-hmm. but you do need your thing. Mm-hmm. So whatever your thing is, I just want you doing that consistently. 
So find your thing. If your thing is walking, if your thing is swimming, if your thing is jumping double dutch, if your thing is dancing, whatever your thing is, I just want you moving Mm -hmm. because I know that that movement is going to change your thinking. Mm -hmm. I know it's going to change how you feel and it's going to, it's it's just, but you have to, you have to self-motivate. Yes. You have to, you know, make sure you're taking in those things that's going to get you going. You got to you got to listen to the podcast. You got to listen to the words. You got to get those things that's going to really motivate you to do something different. Mm-hmm. That really feed your soul, that yes. feed your mind. Absolutely. It's changing that internal, emotional and mental diet yep. as well as the physical diet. Absolutely. And when you said uh, you looked in the mirror and said, girl, you're 40. I immediately thought about when I was suffering from a stage, a period in time of depression, which was actually brought on from to- a long period of consistent toxicity mm-hmm. and poor relationships. When I decided that I did not want to leave the legacy of brokenness to my daughters, Mm -hmm. I got up. And I think it's powerful when we, we desire to be willing to ask ourselves. And and I even think there's some power in, in the fact of looking at yourself Mm -hmm. because there've been a couple of, moments where I've listened to either podcasts or some type of message where I've heard someone say, I went for X number of years not looking in the mirror. Mm -hmm. I've heard that. I've heard that from many people. I, and it shocked me. (laughs) It shocked me. And, and so it's that internal work and the power that happened when I finally decided to look in yes. the mirror, right? Not the quick glance, not the oh, oh, am I okay? And mm-hmm. move on, mm-hmm. but actually look right at myself, and not just looking at your physical, but just look, like you said, really soul searching where you are. You know, there, there, there were relationships, there were, you know, there were fears, there were, you know, really starting to dig into. Who 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 is Demetria? Right. Who, who is goes? she? Yes. Who? <laughs> yes. Who is she? Who not is what she, she just not just what she does. Right. Absolutely. But who is she? Right. I mean, I've been a banker my entire career. Mm-hmm. So I know what I do, but who am I? Mm. You know, when someone says because naturally you meet people and they automatically say, So what do you do? And that was one of the joys of the running group. No one asked me. What do you do? What do you do for a living? Who are you connected to? We had one common goal and that was running. Mm. And I love that. I didn't have, as I got to know people and spent time with them, I started to learn like, oh, that's Dr. V. That's not just Veardra. That's Dr. Veardra. But at that moment on the asphalt, it was just about running. We had one, we shared one goal. And I think that's important because it helps to build healthy relationships. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we've been able to build healthy relationships out there, but it also causes you just to have to dig in, dig in and really see what you made of. Like you said, am I a quitter? (laughs) 
<laughs> exactly. Because when you're out there, you can say, I'm done with this. Mm-hmm. I used to say to my running partner all the time, like, make sure you pack your to pass. <laughs> Just in case we <laughs> <laughs> get on this bus. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But you have to be willing to ask yourself the harder questions Mm -hmm. and give yourself the space to listen for the answers Mm. and um, recognize what are you being called to do. Yes. And I love how you said, are you well enough to meet or um, fulfill yes. that assignment. Are you well enough? Wow. Because you might have the desire, but your body is saying no. no. Oh, and and what a disservice it would be for a moment to be ready to happen. Mm. And I'm not there because I wasn't well enough to show up. Exactly. Oh, oh. This is good. This is good. And we are getting ready for our first commercial break. So hold on because we have only scratched the surface. There are many more things that I would love for Demetria to share with us around not only the physical transition, but also the the financial transition. How mm. does movement, what does movement and what she's learned from running, how does that translate into everyday life? So stay tuned, stay connected. Don't miss the next part. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. On Living Strong, the flip side of adversity, Dr. Veerdra Jackson presents stories and powerful guest experts from business, health, relationships, and faith. Every story has its flip side, and we are here to delve into the story and challenge you to view what has kept you in a singular mindset and turn it into the flip side. When you can effectively do that, you'll experience necessary growth. Tune in live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The White House Doctor makes house calls. Listen every week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. Dr. Connie has served as the White House physician under three U.S. presidents. Now she joins the Voice America Empowerment Channel to help you enrich yourself physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Our guests will include professionals from a variety of fields who will bring you tips that you can apply to your own life. Listen for House Calls with Dr. Connie every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com This is Living Strong, the flip side of adversity with Dr. Veerdra Jackson. To reach the live show today, call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at livingstrongllc.com. Now, back to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. 
Welcome back. And we have been having a conversation with Demetria Davenport. She is a marathoner. She is a swimmer and a cyclist. And she's just been honest about the process of starting small, staying consistent and determined and understanding why you're doing what you're doing when you recognize that there is a call and assignment and something that you're on this planet to do. And will you be well enough to get it done? Absolutely. I'm curious, how does what you've accomplished through running actually translate into other areas of life? Sure. So when when I think about, I think about furthest distance, I think about being a marathoner and, and how I, you know, let me be, let me just say for those who don't, a marathon is 26.2. <laughs> don't leave the point two. Don't leave the point don't two. Don't leave the point two. 26.2 miles. And I think about, you know, how do you accomplish 20, 6.2 miles. And oftentimes we hear this saying like life is a marathon, not a sprint. Mm-hmm. I clearly understand that statement now having run multiple marathons. And so and doing that, you take those things that that require like so it requires the discipline. It requires the determination. It requires commitment, like to, you know, to get up early, to run four and five days a week, um, to really push through. And when you run a marathon, you we don't train up to 26 miles. We train up to about 20, 21. That last six is grit mm. and grind. Yeah. Um, they say the race doesn't start a marathon. I tell you, the race doesn't start till mile 18. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when you take that and translate that into life, there are those moments in life where you are in the grit and the grind trying to push through a situation or where you feel like you're in mile 18 of your life and you're just really trying to make it to the finish line. Like you can see it, you like, you know, it's coming, but where is it? Mm -hmm. And um, I think about when I ran Philadelphia Marathon, it was very windy and they took down all the mile markers because you know how big they are and they blow. So you don't know, we didn't know without knowing because I'm a Philadelphian and have run those streets quite, some of it I knew. However, as I approached the finish line, I couldn't see it. Wow. Wow. Right. And oftentimes we are pushing to the finish line and don't even know it. Wow. And so therefore you got to dig in. You got to have I, we we have mantras like we I have these running mantras like mile 16. I'm like, oh, this is easy. Like Sunday morning. We have these mantras that, you know, that will just help me get through. I can do all things, you know, that helps push me through. And there are times that I am sitting at my desk with those same mantras. Yes. Girl, you can do this. Just hang in there. You can get through this. Just push through and and, and you can do the hard things because you have done hard things. And so I know that I can do the hard things. However, if you don't have that, internal push you say i'm quitting 
Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, people have gotten a mile 22, 23, and they've given this. I'm done. I couldn't even imagine. Can't imagine. What? But it, that is so connected to life. That is screaming for me. There have been times when I've been running, and it is, it is often when I must take a hill, and I will be running, and the thought will be to stop. And my mantra is you are on the threshold of your next. Mm. And I keep running literally with a door frame Mm -hmm. in my mind's eye that I'm running to. And the door frame just keeps moving further along the path. But in life, how often have people gotten to their threshold? Right. And quit just because they couldn't see. Couldn't see it. Just couldn't see it. Just couldn't see it. I, I'm, I'm. If I did not know that that finish line was there, like I said, because as a Philadelphian, I, I knew, I, I knew where this race ended. But they had, like I said, when they moved the mile markers, you're thinking like, where am I? And sometimes that's good, you know, mm-hmm. for runners. Like you don't necessarily have to see every mile of the journey, like because you're like, oh, I'm only at, I'm only mm-hmm. at, and it's the same thing in life. Like you, we don't see every mile of the journey. We sometimes we don't realize we've progressed as much as we have, and that's why we're thinking like, oh, it just got hard. Mm-hmm. For a marathoner, we run 16 miles very regularly so is that's why they say it's not so about 18 that the race really starts to kick in you, your hamstrings get a little tight your quads are tightening up your calves might be hurt whatever you might be feeling and you don't even realize you just start resetting mm-hmm. you just you have to start resetting in your mind because this race is really almost over wow yes. it, it, you're really almost to the finish line and may not even know it and I think, you know, for that woman, that man, whoever might be listening and saying, I'm just ready to give up because I don't feel like I'm making progress, may have to just go back through the records. Look at your watch. You know, for us, we look at our watch. We look at our watch to see, are we on pace? How, you know, how are we moving? It's going to tell us our heart rate. How are we feeling? You might have to look at your watch, look at your, look at your notes, look at whatever it is to kind of see how far you have traveled Mm -hmm. and know that, let me hang in there. I can do this. Right. There's a whole sermon that came to me while you were talking. (laughs) I need to pass it on. Okay, preach preach. No, no, no. That's not my lane. But I need to pass it on to a preacher because when you said you that they took down the mile markers, that would be devastating for me because Broad Street, I thrive on seeing those flags yeah. with each number as right. I go along um, Broad Street. Right. But how often in life do are we looking for familiar markers to try and tell us where we are right when actually god is trying to tell you you it i have given you what you need Mm -hmm. just run your race just run your race stop trying to look around for what you expected to see along the journey right just run your race 
And although the there is a destination right. ahead of you, there is a finish line. Right. I actually want you to focus more on the process right. of what's happening for you and in you right now when you're in this part of the race. That's right. Oh, I love yes. it. Mm -hmm. yes. I hope right. one of my minister preacher friends, take it from here, tag your in. <laughs> um, uh, sneaker preach Keith behind us here in the studio. Take take it from there. But yes. Yes. Yeah. So you, when you think about it, people say the day of the running a race is not the difficult part. It's mm -hmm. the training. Mm -hmm. It's the training because you have to train your mind to say, I can do this. So before I became a marathoner, I would write, I am a marathoner. I journal, I am a marathoner. I put on my tags, I am a marathoner. Because I had to train my mind to say, girl, you are a marathoner. Yes. You can, run, you, you, can, mm -hmm. you can run. You can run this race. You can do this. You can get through this. And so we you have to start that that 20 weeks of training is training your mind to say, I am not a quitter. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I said I wanted to quit, that's when your squad comes in and says, girl, please, we, we, we do this. Yes. We do this. And if I heard you correctly, you wrote that statement, I am a marathoner before. Absolutely. Before you actually ran. Yes. Your first marathon. Yes. And I think that's important because James Clear in Atomic Habits breaks down how you actually develop um, consistent habits. And it's first by recognizing who you want to be. And so if you begin to say who you want to be, just start with the first action. And he gives this example in the book where the, the identity of who I want to be is someone who moves consistently, who attends the gym. So literally he gives the suggestion that you write out who it is you are and then get your shoes and just go to the gym. Right. And then, but the crazy thing is he says, just go to the gym and then get back in your car and hmm. do that for a period of days. And then you get that system, that response that, oh, I'm someone who goes to the gym. Right. And then after a period in time, you'll go in and you'll say, I'll stay for five minutes. Okay. Because I think sometimes when people believe that I can't do, it's that all or nothing right. thinking. Absolutely. That's that good. will sabotage them. It will sabotage you. Mm -hmm. It absolutely will sabotage you. So you think about you, it's 20 weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, you're spending 20 and you don't start at 20 miles. You start at three. You start, you move up to five. You move up to six. You move to eight. You move to 10. And so, you know, like you said, it's just, it's, it's chopping that up to say, you know, into those pieces to, to, mm -hmm. to accomplish the goal. And so, you know, speaking, you know, speaking that I am a marathoner, every day I didn't feel like mm -hmm. one. Mm hmm I, and, and there are plenty of people who whatever you think one looks like may not look like one. And so, you know, you have to visualize what what that looks like mm -hmm. for you. What What's that goal? What is what is that thing? And start to speak that thing and say, I, I can do this. Mm -hmm. I really can. And get around people who are doing it. Yes. I, I can't speak more about, you know, one of my friends said, find your tribe. Yes. 
Because mm-hmm. um, oftentimes we are around naysayers. We're around people that you can't do that. You you can't accomplish that. That's too big. Right. 26.2 miles. Oh, my God. How are you going to run that? All in, no, most people say all in one day. <laughs> all in one day. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, all in one day. Yes. So I feel like you have capsulated key principles from running that have transferred or transitioned into other areas of your life. Absolutely. Tell us a little bit more about uh, Demi Principles. Sure. What 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 is it and right. how is it connected to what you've learned as a runner? Sure. So I feel like, you know, when your passion and your profession collide, <laughs> <laughs> you know, great things can, great things can happen. So, I have been, as you writing about, I've been teaching financial education throughout my banking career. I've been in banking now 26 years, somewhere, somewhere in there, and um, have had the joy of teaching young people, old people, people in the middle about financial education. And so um, I, 2019, someone invited me, you know, and it was, you know, great. No problem. I'll come. Uh Early 2020, a, a walk sister invited me in and said, hey, I need you to come and teach teach a class for our women's group. And at that moment, the Lord said, this is yours. This mm-hmm. is not this is not the banks. This is not this is not, you know, where the bank is. This, this is yours. I want you to own it. And I just and I said, OK, OK, you know, all right. <laughs> what what does what does that mean? Quickly design, um, you know, you know how it is you pull together the content, what what it is that they need, what they want, pull it together and made it mine. And and out of it birthed um Demi Principles. And and basically what I've had the pleasure of doing is um creating these intimate spaces for women to have candid conversations about about finances. And what I found is in the session that I held in 2019 is that I'm not talking about women who don't know about money or who don't have money, I should say. I met women who have money um, or make good money. Mm -hmm. However, they are still struggling in their finances. So the Lord placed upon my heart that there are there are successful women out here who are um, trying to keep up, as we say, keep up with the Joneses. And then they go home and close their door and they are struggling. And so I've created these intimate spaces where women can come in and I just want to have have sister girl conversations about about money. Let's be real. Let's have those real conversations so you can get moving to a healthier state of being in your finances. So powerful. When you think about what it what's necessary for someone who wants to move forward. Mm -hmm. I think about something that Lady Dale said last week in her episode of Watering a Thirsty Soul. She said to live forward. Yes. And when you want to be able to transfer what you've learned on the asphalt into someone's bank account. Yeah. What are some key things you want them to understand? Same principles. One is starting with your mindset. We talked about needing to shift your mindset 
um, to to get out there and even put the sneakers on, to even make the commitment to go at five fifteen. I had to tell myself. I used to say, "Oh, I'm not a morning person. I I don't I don't run at five. I I, I can't do it." I stopped saying that. I stopped saying that. Mm-hmm. And so, again, we have to stop thinking like, oh, I can't get out of debt. This is just where I am. I don't I don't make enough money. We have to sh- first start with shifting our mindset. And then you want to use those same principles. You want to you, you need discipline. Yes. <laughs> that, the D word. Right. We, <laughs> you need that discipline to get up every the same way I get up every morning or get up four times a week, whatever it is to hit the gym. Um, I have to exercise that same discipline in my finances. You need determination. It's hard. I'm, I'm not even I'm not even going to sit here like, you know, it, it's hard to make those changes that are needed. It's hard to make the changes that are needed in your health to stop eating the chips if that's your thing or to, or to start drinking the water. My goodness, I be on one of my sisters all the time. Drink some water. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard to make those those shifts and that determination to go. You need to know your why. Yes. Mm-hmm. The same thing mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. your finances. You need to know your why. Some of us want to own homes. We want to drive nice cars. We want to send our children to college. We want to just be out of debt. Yes. So what's your why? What's going to drive you to say, I'm not going to do this, but I am going to do that. The same thing. Mm-hmm. And then that accountability. Yeah. I, I talk about my tribe. I talk about my run squad that keeps me accountable. If there's no other day that I run, I at least run once a week and that's on Thursday. And that's because of the group that I run with. They're consistent. They keep you going. They, they're like, oh, you're not coming? What do you, what do you mean you're not coming? The same thing. You need someone to say, um, oh, so you want to buy, buy that pocketbook? Mm-hmm. How much mm-hmm. is it? Mm-hmm. Yes. Can you afford it? Yes. And so you need that you need that Mm -hmm. same you need that same accountability. So I found that those same principles that I use to run 26.2 miles or to even some right now, because I can't run 26.2 to run three. (laughs) Let's be be honest, you know, to run three, the same the same principles that I use, I use them in finance and I found them to be transferable. And, you know, being able to share that with women to say, girl, you can do this. So when I clap you up, when you cross the finish line, I'm going to clap you up when you pay off a credit card. Yes. When you accomplish that goal to say I am debt free or when you accomplish that goal to say I saved five hundred dollars. Celebrate at each point. I'm going to celebrate you at every point um, mm-hmm. because it took discipline. It took accountability. It took mm-hmm. commitment. It took hard work. And. I believe in you. I believe that the same way I believe you can run a mile, I believe that you can accomplish these things um, in your finances as well. Wow. So how are you learning to, I guess I would say, so what have you learned about yourself (laughs) at this stage of growth and development? So what I've learned, one is when I think about my own finances, right? Mm -hmm. As the banker, you you feel like, well, you you must have it all together. Or like you said, when someone look at you and say, "Uh, you you're fit, you don't Mm -hmm. look like you need to do 
all of that. It don't mm-hmm. take five mm-hmm. days. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, but it does to have mm-hmm. all. It does. Mm-hmm. Um, I've learned that, one, I've suffered from the shame of like or the guilt of you, the banker. You were supposed to know better. You were supposed to do better. How did you find yourself, you know, in this financial situation? Um and, and I try to share that with women because, you know, I don't want them to think like, oh, you just you're just here just to tell me, mm-hmm. you know, what to do because mm-hmm. you, you are. No, I, I've 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 dealt with it. I, I've lived that. And so I also live. I also live in the freedom yeah. of in the financial freedom. So I'm enjoying that as well. On the flip side. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And it took hard work mm-hmm. and it didn't happen overnight. I had to make some decisions. I had to change some mind, change my mindset. I had to let some people go um, to do so that I could do better and feel better and feel better, not just physically, but feel better mentally um, about where I was and and, and what I, the things I was carrying and the people I was like. Oh gosh, that's a whole nother. That's a whole, whole nother segment. Whole nother segment. When. Um, we started this conversation about you kicking off our July theme of movement for healing. I knew that there was a lot you would have to share about the the physical. I think as you just paralleled the the discipline the determination and the accountability that has happened in your process of running, it just echoed for me, for that person who in their finances, Mm -hmm. all of the race markers have been removed. Mm. And they're saying, I don't know where I should go from here. We have about... Two minutes left. Okay. I want you to talk to mm-hmm. that person mm-hmm. who is in their race mm-hmm. and the mile markers are gone. Yeah. And they feel lost. Yeah. So first is gather it all together. Gather everything together. I want you to to pull out the bank state, all that this bank mm-hmm. statements you have not opened, the credit card bill you you've just put to the side. Look in the mirror. I want you to um Write down your cousin, your mama, everybody you owe. I need you to pull it all together. That's scary. It is. It is. It is. Because if you don't know, it's like not knowing your numbers, right? Or not if, looking in the mirror. Or not looking in the mirror. If you don't know, you can't, you can't, you can't handle this, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and it may be big. It, it may seem even bigger than what you really think it mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. So it may be some small changes that's going to get you there. But if you don't know, one, I can't help you. (laughs) I can't help you if you can't be honest with yourself. Mm -hmm. And so when we talk about, you know, when I talk about those B attitudes, I need you to be honest. I need you to be transparent and being transparent, not just with yourself, but you may have to be transparent with someone else so that they can help you because, you know, shame causes you to hide. It causes you to, you know, you know, to go inside and, 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 and because you feel like I should have known this, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I should be better and believe me, sis or bro, you're not alone. You're not alone. I love that. With our last minute, I want to say thank you 
for your honesty. Thank you for your life lessons that you have shared with all of us, not only for our physical well-being, but for our pocket as well. As well. So thank you, my sister, for sharing this flip side conversation. Thank you for the opportunity. Yes. So for those of you who are um, know someone who needs an opportunity to live forward, whether it be in their physical or their financial, their mental or their emotional, we encourage you to share this message with them so that they too can make that mind and body connection for their healing. We'll see you next week on the flip side. Thank you for tuning into Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. Please join your host, Dr. Veerdra Jackson, for another edition of our show next Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week.